Hi, welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. In this podcast, we'll be discussing self-care routines, mindset practices, and mindfulness habits. We'll combat the stigma around mental health in order to create a safe and open community for people to connect and not feel alone. Focus on your mindset rather than your situation. It's a game changer. Grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everyone. I hope you're going to have a wonderful, fantastic week. Actually, you know what? You are. Let's put it into the universe. You are going to have a wonderful week. It is going to be your choice. So again, I want to thank everyone for all the support that you have been showing me. New opportunities have been popping up from all the support that I'm getting from you guys. So please always tag me in the episodes that you love. DM me if you want me to be a guest on your um, podcast or come on to mine. You can DM me different topics you want me to talk about. All those things. I'm here for you because that's what this podcast is all about, helping you guys. So I am so excited for this podcast for this week. I had an interview with the All Time Chatter podcast, and she has been an OG fan since the beginning. We always talked about it. And when we first started talking back in January, we said, oh, like we're going to be a guest on each other's shows. And now it's finally happened. We have a wonderful interview. She asked me amazing questions about the growth mindset, and being an educator and helping students with their growth mindset, with their organization skills. And me as a teacher, I gave my best answers. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did making it. We had such a good time and we both felt so fulfilled after the conversation. And I just want to say that always try and have good conversations with people and reach out to people and make new connections. Because every time I have a guest on the podcast or a guest on someone else's, we have such fulfilling conversations and it really puts you in a better mood. So I can't advocate enough that just talk to people and reach out and make new connections because it just, it changes your mood. It changes your mindset on what's been going on in the reality. So before we get started with this phenomenal interview, I just want to talk about Arbon really quickly. As you guys know, I'm an Arbon independent consultant, and I'm also a huge fan of the Arbon products. They are vegan, animal cruelty-free, and all natural ingredients. They have um, products for nutrition, hair care, skin care, bath and body, you name it, makeup, everything under the sun. I've been using um, products for energy and nutrition, skin care and hair care. And let me tell you guys, my skin has been healing, my hair has been healing, and my overall energy for my body, I have felt so much better from using these Arbonne products. So if you're interested in hearing more about the products or interested in becoming an independent consultant like me to start your own business or for a nice little side hustle, there is no risk involved in getting into Arbonne. The only risk is maybe if you don't join, right? The risk is the missed opportunity. And if you guys are into looking for a side hustle or creating your own business or just buying the products and trying them out and seeing if they can help you in your journey to healthy mind, body, and skin, please let me know. And without any further ado, enjoy this podcast. 
So, hello everyone. Welcome to All Time Chatter Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Ali Brook, and she is the host of the Growth Mindset Gal Podcast. I'll link her resources down below. First, let's move into the spot. Hi, Ali. Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm really So, Ali, please tell us about yourself and also about your pod. Sure. Um, So a little bit of a background about me. Um, I live in New York and I am a middle school social studies teacher. And I love doing anything that has to do with growth mindset and, you know, building myself to be better. And I also teach my children um, the growth mindset, you know, status as well. And I really got into doing the podcast because with the whole entire pandemic, the educational system has been all over the place. And I was suffering a lot of burnout and suffering a lot of mindset issues as well. So I figured that I would start a podcast. That way it's kind of therapeutic, you know, on my end, just to share what I know, what I learn from my own experiences to help people and then just make an impact and, you know, share stories that I have that hopefully can reach someone and that way mm-hmm. they listen to it and it helps them as well. That's really the goal of starting my podcast. That's actually a really nice goal. So Thank you, you said like you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. So can you tell how you got into this profession? Like it was your dream job or you really wanted to do this? Oh, great question. Yes. So I was one of those people that when I was younger, like I would play teacher, like with your stuffed animals and your toys, you (laughs) tend to grade and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then once I got more into high school, I actually started um, assistant coaching um, the volleyball team, uh, the JV, the junior varsity volleyball team while I was in high school. And then I also went to college and I would come back and coach as well. And I realized that from coaching, I could help people reach their potential and be a support system for them, which was amazing. And then I really was like, you know what, as I was applying for colleges, I was like, I definitely want to be a teacher and social studies and history was always my favorite topic. I think it's so cool to like figure out how did we get here? Why are we the way we are today, which I find very interesting. But I wanted to become an educator, because I want to help students reach their full potential and be their support system. And honestly make an impact and leave an impact on this world. And even if you just reach one kid and you help just someone out, I think my purpose and service in this world is to help people to reach their full potential. So I think that being an educator, that really hits the nail on the head. So it was definitely my dream career to become a teacher. So your childhood dream actually came true. It sure did. (laughs) It's crazy. And we love having teachers and we love like having teachers like you in here. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So my next question to you is, how far are you actually planning to take your podcast? Ooh, that's another awesome question. Um, I'm trying to take this as far as I can go. I started in January. It's actually really funny that we're recording this on Anchor because I was listening to someone's podcast and I kept hearing them have the ad for doing Anchor because I was like, I kind of want to start a podcast, but I have no idea how to create one like from a hole in the wall so but I've always listened to podcasts and I love that you can just like listen it's something different than music um and podcasts are also very helpful I'm like an auditory learner so I learn things better when I'm just listening 
And yes. so I heard people using Anchor and I was like, and it's free on top of that. So I was like, okay, let me like figure this out. And I researched it. I Googled and then I went on Anchor. I signed up really quick and it gave you like a step-by-step process, which was amazing. And all you need to do, you don't even need a mic, honestly. Like I bought a mic, but you can just talk on your phone. And then um, you can also monetize from Anchor because you leave the ads. And it has been such an easy process. So starting this podcast, I was like, yes, this is great because it's so easy. So I'm trying to take this podcast as long as I can because I feel like the idea of growth mindset never goes away. And people are constant works in progress. And I think for some reason, the general you know, idea in society is that like you're, you come here with all your sets of skills and then that's it. And then you can't grow anymore where we have to learn that we are works in progress and we can learn new skills and even just not even just new like skills in general, but new mindset skills as well. As we grow older, we grow wiser. So I'm trying to take this podcast for as many years as let me as many guests as I can get on as many stories that I can tell. So it's a to be continued kind of status for this podcast. It was actually a nice answer. Thank you. I'm loving your questions so far. These are like amazing. (laughs) That's like pretty questions. It feels kind of weird. (laughs) Is it? I know people always say like, when I tell them that I'm a teacher, they're like, Oh, wow. It's like they think teachers are like kind of like these robots, if you will. And then you learn like once your friend becomes a teacher, you're like, wow, teachers are people. <laughs> yeah, it's like we always assume that they are super strict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now we're humans. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> so Ali, you stated that you started in January. I also started just one month before you. So how mm-hmm. far like your journey has been now? Um, I would say my journey so far has really been amazing because I think, well, now it's April. So we're getting into like the three month range here. And I made about, I made about 13 episodes so far. And it's been really an amazing journey because I just did it just to like, you know, try something new and kind of step out of my comfort zone, which I encourage a lot of people to do. And the podcast has been so fulfilling because I created the Instagram page and then a lot of people were following and I was just posting content that I would, that I feel would help people in the long run or something that I've learned or, you know, a mindset strategy that's been helping me. And I want to share the stories because I've been um, in therapy for about a year now. So everything that I learned in therapy, I thought was very useful. And I wanted to take the knowledge that I've learned from my therapy sessions and share them with people so they can also have access to that information as well. And just the feedback that I've gotten from you and other, you know, people that have joined the community on my Instagram has been really amazing. And everyone's been so supportive. And I've been also telling people as well, like they can always DM me if they have any questions, you know, for mindset and things like that, that's helped me. And so it's been a very, like I said, fulfilling and very supportive experience. And I'm really glad that I started it. And that also, I look forward to recording every week. Like I usually record like Friday or Saturday and then I post on a Monday. So like when I come home from work, I set up, you know, my anchor on my computer and then I have my mic going. I have my little notebook with all my stuff. And it's like a fun thing for me to do that's outside of like my role or identity as an educator, because 
for a while, I, that's all I saw myself as, as just an educator, which is amazing. But now you can, I can also put, you know, in my identity that I'm an educator and I'm also a host of a podcast, which is really cool. So the experience so far has been amazing. How about you? You started your podcast a little earlier than me. How has your experience been? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like so much of engaging audience from different worlds. Like that is the best thing that I could ever get. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people from Yeah, US, it's really cool UK, when you look on Anchor and, and you see everybody. Yes, mm-hmm. like, when we check the analytics, we see that people from different worlds are listening to our pod. It just feels so good, you know? Yeah, it was crazy. I didn't realize that Anchor did that. And then, like, one day, I think I saw you put it on your story. And I was like, how does she do that? And then I went yes. to my analytics and I saw that. And I was like... People from all around the world are listening. That's like crazy. Like, talk about making an impact. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yes, awesome. Yes, it was so cool. So I think you started in Jan and audience based a lot of plays on your recording. So that is actually really good. Thank you. I know. I, I it's I kind of feel like it's very important that if for anyone who's trying to make content, whether it's a podcast, YouTube channel, you know, starting your own business, whatever you want to do. My advice for something like that is always just put your most authentic self out there because that's how people connect with you. If you yeah. try to be someone that you're not and you're trying to maybe do something that someone else is doing but not putting your own spin on it, people aren't going to connect with it. And I think, you know, both you and I, that people are connecting with the podcast because we're just showing our true selves and what we find interesting, what we find helpful and useful. And people, you know, connect and relate to that for sure. Yeah, that's actually good. So I also have a lot of questions which people from you so i'll move into that sure mm-hmm. okay so that we as teenagers deal with the serious issues like anxiety depression so how should we cope with it oh that's such a good question yeah because it was very interesting for me, like now that I'm an adult, I understand the things that I did as a teenager actually relate to me having chronic anxiety. Um, and as an educator and I teach middle school, I see it firsthand as well. And some of the things that have helped me with, you know, feeling anxious is one, if I'm in an anxious situation, either at school, I would feel a lot of anxiety at school when I was young. And what I think was really important and useful to do is I always like take like five deep breaths. Like if I'm in a situation where I can't journal or anything like that, I take five deep breaths and I tell myself I'm okay because I realize that the anxious thoughts and the anxious spirals are really my mind just going for it. And I need to remind myself in my mind that like I say, Allie, you're okay. Allie, you're safe. Everything's fine. You're in a safe environment and just take a deep breath. Also, what I would do too, if I was feeling um, a little anxious. So the question was that we as teenagers deal with a lot of serious issue like anxiety and depression. You as a teacher, what would be your suggestion of how should we deal with it? Yeah, again, that was such a good question. So with someone who has anxiety and as an educator, um, I talked about the deep breaths. So if you can't do anything in the moment, it's just to 
give yourself some deep breaths. I think we, oh, we underestimate a deep breath and just tell yourself I'm okay, I'm safe, everything's fine. Um, also too, I try to do things like, okay, what do, what do I see? What do I smell? You know, like kind of like put your hands on your knees, kind of like feel like if you have jeans on or just like to touch something, you know what I mean? Kind of ground you. Cause when you think about things that you can see, you can smell that you can touch, you can hear, it grounds you back to the reality that's in it. Cause with anxiety, it's a system, it's basically what happens with anxiety is that your mind starts telling you these stories. And when your mind starts telling you these stories, you start ungrounding yourself, right? Uncalming yourself. When you're grounded, you're calm. So when you do those five senses, you know, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you touch? You know, all those things, it brings you back to reality if like you're in a situation where you can't do any other coping mechanism. So that's a grounding exercise that I usually use. Also for um, teenagers, I'm a huge proponent and I do this with my students is we journal. Journaling is like a huge thing for me and it's really helped me get out my emotions. And so what I always tell my students, cause I know sometimes we live in a very chaotic, you know, reality sometimes is another grounding technique is doing gratitude. So you write down three things that you were grateful for like within the week, like kind of like a week reflection. I always tell them like, we, you know, say we're always grateful for like all the big things, right? But it's also very important to be grateful for the tiny things in life. Like your store had your favorite coffee order. You listened to your favorite playlist today. The sun was out. It was beautiful weather. And that kind of helps you just realize that the anxiety gets taken away when you start realizing and being grateful for just like the tiny little things that happens in your day-to-day -day life. Also with journaling, what I do is I do three steps. And I, number one, release the emotion. So I take like a couple of minutes and I just write out for the week. Like I was feeling mad. I was frustrated when this happened. I was upset when someone said this to me, or I was like so excited for this opportunity. And then part two is the gratitude. Okay. What am I grateful for this week? And usually it's like, I was grateful for a beautiful commute. I was grateful for a nice bike ride, those little tiny things. And then I manifest my goals for the upcoming week, the upcoming month, write out maybe three things you want to accomplish in the week, write out three things maybe you want to accomplish, you know, in the month, whether, and I always tell my students too, when you're manifesting goals, Okay, make sure that it's attainable, it's specific, right? They're called SMART goals. I think SMART goals is specific, measurable, attainable, um, basically in reality, like it's you can do it in reality and timely. So what it does is you give them specific goals to manifest, to set for the upcoming month. They kind of keep you on track because a lot of students say like, oh, I want to get good grades as like a goal. And then I'm like, okay, when do you want to bring your grade up? Like by what day? How are you going to do it, right? What's considered good grades to you? That way they have like a specific goal. Like, okay, I want to bring up my grade from a 65 to an 85 by the end of the marking period. How am I going to do that? Hand in my work, study, ask teachers for questions, to manifest your goals and set you on the right track. And 
Another thing I highly suggest, and I've learned too, is if you are feeling some type of way, especially in school, you need to self-advocate. And I also teach my students as well, and us teenagers, it's so important to tell people how you're feeling. And I say to my students all the time, I know sometimes in class, like how I used to be is I would feel anxious in class. I just want to get up and maybe like go to the bathroom and like, just like walk, you know, because when you're feeling anxious, if you just walk for a little bit, then it kind of gets that anxious feeling out. So if you know something like that may happen in a classroom, I would take a couple minutes and just tell your teacher to be like, hey, sometimes I feel a little bit anxious. Is it okay if sometimes I ask to go to the bathroom? That way I can just like take a lap around like the hallway and then I'll come back. And most of the time I'm telling you like educators, your teachers can be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally do whatever you have to do. And I would say also is to communicate and self-advocate, you know, with your teachers, with guidance counselors, whatever resources your school has available to you. If there's certain clubs that you can join to talk about, it's called social emotional. So if you have any social emotional clubs in your school, or if your teacher does a, um, a social emotional lesson, things like that, don't get stuck in the bubble and you have to communicate your needs. So that way the anxiety doesn't take over you and doesn't take away from any experience that you're having. So I would definitely ground yourself, do your deep breathing, definitely journal and set your goals, do practice gratitude, release your emotions, and then also speak to the adults in your community, whether it's parent or guardians, your teachers, your guidance counselors, because they're there, especially in the school, they're there to help you. That's their job. So, cause I think sometimes students often feel like they're alone or maybe they, the teachers or guidance counselors can't help them, but you never know if you don't ask. And that's my huge thing too. Cause I was like that, I was afraid to ask. And I wish I did when I was a teenager in high school and ask for help. So I highly suggest, I always tell my students that my door is always open. So if you're feeling some type of way that day on my off period, on my lunch, you can come in, talk it out. Sometimes you just need to vent. And if you have a teacher that you trust that you can just vent to, I would suggest that as well, just to release the anxiety. It was really nice answer because my next question is related to that, that it's not possible to seek help from a psychiatrist. So not only teenagers, but other people, whom should they seek for help? I would say if you mean like if they don't have access to either like a therapist or a psychiatrist, because I know um, that can be, you know, a lot of money too. that what I've learned from it too. So not everyone has access to it. Um, what I would suggest to that is 100% take advantage of podcasts, because that's how I started in my journey was listening to growth mindset podcast, motivational podcast. There's a lot of therapists actually nowadays that have their own podcast that you listen to it for free on Apple, on Spotify. So you can still receive that professional help if needed, if you don't have you know, the access or the ability for the full blown like therapy session, if you will. And also what's helped me is a lot of self-development books. Like I love to read. So if you're more of a reader, I definitely would suggest reading self-development books. I've read all of them under the sun. I'm reading right now, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. I just finished Atomic Habits by James Clear. I've read, I read all the Rachel Hollis books. I've read all the uh, Jen Sincero books. And 
I'm just looking at my bookshelves right now. <laughs> and I've, uh, what's another one I've read? Oh, 15 <laughs> Things Mentally Strong Women Don't Do by Amy Morin. Like just look up self-development books. There's so many out there for so different, many types of self-development. So that's what I've been using is again, the podcast, also reading the self-help books. And also there's a lot of um, professionals that have like YouTube videos about it as well. So if you want to look on YouTube um, and find, you know, self-development YouTube channels that have vlogs and go through different things, those are a lot of different options. Cause I know we're all on social media nowadays. So use social media to your advantage with that one. Yes, for sure. That one, uh, social media actually helps a lot of students for free to like seek help from there if we don't want to talk to our parents about it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And okay. I think during like the teenager phase, I know like it's okay sometimes that, you know, we teenagers don't always want to talk to their parents or guardians about things. And there's also like, I want to let people know there's nothing like wrong with that. You're just kind of in that stage of finding your independence. So I don't want people, younger people to feel guilty if they don't feel like they can talk to their parents. Cause I couldn't feel like I could talk to my parents about it either because you're just in that stage of becoming your own person. So don't feel guilty about that. And just use the resources that we have nowadays, like with social media, friends, things like that. For those situations it's okay <laughs> just but you don't have to feel guilty about that yes yes for sure so my next question to you is that you know during this pandemic how should we keep our mind happy and calm you know because so many people are losing their loved ones and during the situation we can never keep our mind positive and me as a teenager also like our exams are getting delayed we don't want to study we don't feel good about it so how should we keep our mind happy and positive mm, okay awesome again fantastic question so what's been helping me in that whole situation especially with first of all the pandemic we came out of nowhere they said that we'd be closed for two weeks and now here we are um and it was a lot to take in especially because i know for students the school year completely changed and for teachers and professors the school year completely changed and what's been helping me kind of get through everything because i lost family members as well in the pandemic and what's been kind of helping me through the pressure the grief the anxiety being up set and feeling like you've lost control is work on the things and focus on the things that you can control. And one of those things are, is your mindset that you have a choice in what type of day you're going to have. So if I'm feeling upset, if I'm feeling anxious or nervous about anything, I'm like, how can I change my situation? How can I change my mindset? And when you're practicing mindfulness routines, such as meditation and journaling and things like that, you start to become very aware of how you think and what you know sets you off and things like that. So when I'm starting to get into an upset mood and not a growth mindset is I, a lot of the times I move my body. That's like the biggest thing. I've, um, I've been an athlete all my life. I played volleyball throughout college. And what has helped me relinquish a lot of my stress has been working out or just physical activity in general. Like I love going on bike rides around my neighborhood. I love going for walks and going on hikes with my sister, right? Like physical activity also like with people, like with your inner circle, friends and family. Um, I go to the gym and I work out. 
because it gets rid of that anxiety tension in your body. So the first thing I would do to, to change my mindset is to completely move my body in any way, even if I have to go up the stairs a couple of times or like take a lap around my house, that's what I would do. If I'm then feeling some type of way, a huge thing I do again is journal. Journaling out how I feel. How can I fix the situation? How, or who can I ask for help if I need it for the situation that I'm in? And I've also, um, again, listened to a bunch of podcasts to help me center myself. I've listened to really upbeat playlists, happy music to instantly move and dance around. I've also sometimes just even talking to family and friends. If you need to call a friend to vent about something and talk about something, huge weight gets lifted off your shoulders. So if you have a good friend or a good family member that is like your vent buddy, <laughs> definitely go and talk to them because I, a lot of people see venting as like negative, but I see it as you're releasing that energy, whatever was in you, you're releasing it. And then someone's there, your venting buddy is there to validate it. And then, you know, okay, now that I got all my emotions out, how can I take the next logical step to what I want to do? And what I've been also doing is finding joy in like these small little things, like doing self-care routines. I love just like putting on a good face mask and just calming myself and reading a book and or watching one of my you know favorite episodes of my TV show that I watch. Just kind of giving yourself alone time and giving yourself time to process things as well. Um, you know, there's no one way to process grief, especially if people have lost loved ones in this pandemic. But a thing that's been helping me is just kind of talking about like fun memories that you had with them, you know, looking past pictures. I usually do that a lot just to kind of like, you know, bring me good memories of my time with them. And then kind of just understand is that you know, now they're kind of in a better place. I tell myself they're not suffering anymore. Like, you know, how to talk myself down from if I get into, you know, an upset mood about this. Yeah, I tell myself, I'm like, they're no longer suffering. They're in a better place, okay? They're no longer in pain anymore. And to know that they're always with me because, you know, the fun thing that I do too is I ask them for signs. I see red cardinals all the time, which is usually my grandma that I, that I take that sign as my grandma. And then blue jays are my grandpa. So like just asking them for different signs, show me that you're here with me. And just knowing that, you know what? Some things in life, unfortunately, you can't control like a pandemic. And I think it's time to switch to, okay, I can't control everything in my life. Let me focus on what I can control and what you can control is how do you react to what's happening in your life? That was a very nice answer to that. So the next question is, which is also my second last question, is that you as a teacher, what would you suggest as students or college students of how should we stay productive and how should we manage time? Because we as students feel lazy all of the time. So what would be your advice? Oh, yes. I love when students ask me this question. And what I always tell them is we need to learn how to time block. <laughs> That's the hugest thing. because. 
I cannot be productive unless I set a time for when I'm going to be productive. And I think when we just say, oh, I'm going to work on, you know, these projects today, but with no plan in place, you're going to overwhelm yourself and then you're going to procrastinate and then you're going to wait to the last minute, tale as old as time, right? So what I usually tell my students, so let's say, because they're in middle school, so they usually get out at like 2.20 and I tell them, do your homework as soon as you get home. So let's say you get home at three o'clock, okay? I tell them, give your homework time the first hour that you're home from school. Say from three to four o'clock, it's homework time. And that's when I do schoolwork or homework that I need to do. And that's an hour. And then I say, work for a half hour and then give yourself a 15 minute break. Cause then it goes by fast. So you work on homework from three to 3.30, okay? Now take like a 10, 15 minute break. Okay, the 10, 15 minutes are up. Now it's already 3.45. Get your work done those last 15 minutes, done. And then you have the whole rest of your night to play your video games, you know, go on social media, talk to your friends, hang out with your family, do whatever you need to do. And also what's really important is let's say you don't finish the, the work that you want to do allotted in that time stop the work because your time was up stop the work have a little bit of you time whatever that means and then be like okay you know what i can finish this later from let's say 6 to 6:20 and then you finish it later because what tends to happen too is you set a time for the work or project you want to get done and then time's up and you're like no but i have to finish it but then you're stressing yourself out and you're not giving yourself time to relax or do something else that needs to get done. So if you don't get the work done in the time allotted, set a time later, okay, this is my plan B area. If I don't get all my work done from three to four, I'm gonna do my own stuff from you know five to six, and then I go back to work at six to finish up any last minute things that I needed. Same thing on the weekends for me, because I have to lesson plan and all those fun things on Sundays that I say, okay, I'm going to lesson plan from, you know, two to five of those, my three hours of making all the lesson plans and grading, whatever I need to do. And then at five o'clock we're done and we're going to relax for the rest of the evening. And I know tomorrow I have a little extra time in the morning. That's like my plan B era, if you will, that I know, okay, my first, you know, class doesn't start till 8.30. So tomorrow I'm going to get up at seven and from seven to eight 30, I'm going to do my last minute tweaks that I need to. So I heavily, heavily suggest time blocking time management and also making your space, like where you do your work, make it look productive, like make it appealing to want to do that work because your workstation looks so nice. I actually learned that from the atomic habits from James clear that book. And he said, if you want to be productive, make your productive zone the prettiest thing you'll ever see. Cause then you can't wait to sit there. You can't wait to get your work done. And I call it like setting the scene where like, I light my candle, I play some lo-fi music. I'm all organized and ready to go. And that way my workspace is like a good vibe and I wanna get my work done. If you're working in a very unorganized space, your brain is gonna be all over the place. If you're working in a space that, you know doesn't feel productive, doesn't feel nice, then you need to either organize it or maybe like go to a coffee shop. And like a lot of people I know, they hate like working at home. So they go to a coffee shop or a nearby library and they get their work done there. Go to an environment that's inviting 
to be productive. So you got to time manage, plan when you're going to do your work, plan your breaks during that work period, and also make your work environment appealing for you to want to get your work done. Yes, we as students always just keep delaying our work and we don't do it today. We always just want to do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just, just always try to procrastinate. And if we like study in the bed, then we probably want to sleep all day. Mm -hmm. I always say never do your work, never do anything productive in your bed. Your bed is for you to relax. Your bed is for you to sleep. And the same thing is like, don't do your work in your PJs, like at least switch to like maybe like sweatpants or athleisure, because when you're in your PJs and when you're in your bed, your brain associates that with relaxing. So then you're sitting there with your textbook open, you're like, I don't want to do this at all because you're in your bed, you're in your PJs <laughs> and you're like, that, that my, your brain is like, no, this is the zone for relaxation. So I don't want to be productive. So change the clothes and you can still be comfy, but change your clothes into, you know, athleisure and never do your work in bed, have a desk somewhere, go to your dining room table or your kitchen table, go to a place even outside of your home, because that's going to make you not procrastinate and motivate you. And honestly, sometimes, I mean, granted, like, cause some students tell me, you know, I, I actually work well under pressure, like procrastination. I do it because I know like when I have the night before to do it, <laughs> I do it. And I say to that, well, it's like, if you know yourself and you know, you can yeah. complete a real, a good task last minute. I mean, some people work very differently. And I said, Hey, if you hand it in on time and it's great work, that's fine. But I just highly suggest that like you, you can still plan out your procrastination. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm going to do it at this time. That way I can hand it in by this time, even if it is last minute, because I know some people, they do work well under pressure and there's nothing wrong with that. So I definitely suggest don't do your work in bed. Do not study in bed, go somewhere else, bring headphones. That way you're not distracted by anything. And I also try and have, if I'm being productive, like my phone is face down. Like my phone is like not in my vicinity of, you know, if you need your phone for work, that's different. But I put my phone like across the room or I keep it in my backpack if I'm somewhere else. That way you don't get the, oh, like bloop notification. Let me scroll. And then all of a sudden you're scrolling for 20 minutes. And then you were like, oh, I need to get back to work. Definitely put your phone somewhere not in your vicinity so it doesn't distract you. Yes, like some children's and also like me study like 24 hours before the test for full 24 hours without any sleep. That's a very bad habit though. Oh no, yeah, the all-nighters. I remember when I was in college, my friends would pull all-nighters and I'm like, that is not for me. Like I need to sleep. What has helped me to study is, and it's kind of like, being, that's the point of like being a teacher. I would teach the knowledge that I knew to like a friend. So if you have an exam coming up and let's say, you know, I tell my kids, okay, let's say it's a test on the American revolution because I teach social studies. Teach your siblings, teach family members, teach your friends about the American revolution. Tell them what you know, because that's going to help you remember it. Because people are always like, how do you know the content so much? And I'm like, because I've been teaching it for how long? So I've been teaching it to so many people. And that helps. That's a huge study tool that, you know, if you're just staring at a textbook and you're like, I can't absorb a dang thing out of this thing. 
go to a friend or family member and teach it and talk about it to them. If you don't want to do flashcards or highlighting your notes or anything like that, talk to somebody about it and teach them about it. And that's going to help you as well. So then you don't have to pull the old niner and being by yourself and things like that. If you just have the conversation with someone about what you're learning about and what your exam is, that takes a whole lot of hours out of that 24 for that all nighter. Then it's only maybe two hours of studying rather than 24. That was a really nice advice. Like uh, before moving to my last question, I would just like want to say you that teachers like you exist in this world who just put so much of their hard work into like telling students to do this. Like I see very few teachers doing that, but like it's a great respect though you're not my teacher, but still like mm -hmm. you are kind of great like students and tell me and every single one who organization to your every thing was really okay so is there any last advice which you want to give to people who are listening to you Ooh, any last advice um, from an educator and from an educator that focuses on growth mindset, I always tell people you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Everyone has their own timeline. Everyone has their own path and where you are right now in your life is exactly where you're supposed to be. And you shouldn't be comparing yourself to what others are doing in their life because that's their life and they're at that stage. And it's okay if you're at your stage that you're at. And I always tell my students, as long as you work hard and you try your best with what you have, you are going to be okay. Because I, I focus on, it's not always about the test score. It's about your work ethic. People appreciate amazing work ethic and that you always try and you always do your best. Don't always focus on the product of something, focus on the journey and the work getting there because that's a work ethic is a life skill. So if I had to leave any advice here is to, it's okay to be where you are right now. You're all on your own path and you just have to be you and try your best and you will find success in your life. That's really nice. And before ending, I just want to say that I loved having you in here. And it was like really good to get all of your inspiration and every single thing, like so much of things I just got to learn from you as an educator and also as a podcaster. So it was really nice to have you in here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful conversation and you asked amazing questions that are gonna help a lot of people as well. Just even asking that question alone, thank you. giving the answer. I had so much fun recording with you today. So thank you so much for having me. Before ending, I just want to say that follow the Growth Mindset Gal on Instagram. I'll be linking all of her resources down below. And if you ever want to contact her or contact me, all of her links and everything will be in the description box below. If you ever want a part two, I'll probably have her back in here and we'll record the part two. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview with the All Time Chatter podcast as much as I did making it with her. It was a wonderful interview. And if you enjoyed this episode, please follow us both on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, subscribe, all of those wonderful things. Her information is going to be linked in my show notes. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. 